and press out here. Good morning, Tim. God bless you. Abdul, bless you, man. Strong tower. Appreciate you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Am I getting this right, Clavel? God bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much. My daughter, Karen Short, my big old angel. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michael. Elder, good morning. My daughter, Leslie Gilaglo. God bless you. Jocelyn, I see you. My daughter, Kwashi. Bless you, baby. Lady Tabitha, God bless you. Ramon, good to see you, son. And speaking to you, of course, Carl. Good morning, everyone. My daughter, Tanya, God bless you. God bless you. T. Cola, I see you on. God bless you. Hoodie 61, I see you. I see all of you coming on. My daughter, Kendra, I see you. I see you. Wayne Stevens. Is that Regina on there as well? Hello and happy birthday. Anthony Wilson, God bless you, son. Jean, bless you, sis. Of course, they're still all speaking to you, Cole. Hey, good morning, everyone. <laughs> happy Sunday. Angela Walker Scott, God bless you. God bless you. God bless all of you. God bless you. God bless you. All righty. Bishop, Bishop Kunga, God bless you, man. Thank you so very, very much. Lane Jameson. God bless you, dear heart. Amen. Quinn Prophet. I see all of you. Everybody tag a body. Bring somebody on with you. Bring somebody on with you. Bring somebody on with you. Odessi, God bless you. Leslie Davis, bless you, bless you, bless you. God bless you. Amen. The TLC Queen, Timothea Bolden. God bless you. God bless you. I appreciate all of you. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate all of you. Thank you. My son, my encourager, Hector Alexander, God bless you. Amen. Jeanette, thank you so much. God bless you. Co-Pastor Stacy. I see you, precious. I see all of you coming on. God bless you. God bless you. Kia, I see you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see you. I always love that name. Mommy birthed the queen. God bless you. <laughs> Beverly Clary, God bless you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Jeanette says, hey, pumpkin. Hey. Right. <laughs> yeah. right where you are, wherever you are, just begin to give God praise. Father, we love you. We bless you today. We magnify you. We worship you. Thank you for another glorious morning, a beautiful day. A beautiful, crisp morning is the day that you've made. We're rejoicing. We're glad in it. No matter what's going on in our world, no matter what's going on in our lives, we still confess the same confession. You are worthy to be praised. You're worthy to be halaled. You're worthy to be exalted. You're worthy to be lifted up. So we bless you, my Father and my God, and we praise you. For everyone that's coming on right now, my Father, my God, we speak words of healing. We speak words of deliverance. We speak words of breakthrough in the direction of every person that's coming on right now, wherever they are in the world. We send, my Father and my God, your ability to change their situation. We speak it right now. We declare what we expect to see. We decree what we already know your word says is ours, and we have expectation that it will come to pass for us speedily. Now, if there's anyone that's watching that has not surrendered to you, anyone that's watching that has not given themselves to you, let this be the turning point. Let this be the moment. Let this be the period of time when they say, I give in to the way and the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. If there's anyone that's struggling with any addictions, any habits, let this be the day that they have their breakthrough and know that they go on further with victory. And if there's anyone, my father and my God, that's got any illness, any dis 
ease that will not allow them to have ease. Daddy, take authority over that and let them walk in hell for your word says in Isaiah 53 and five, yes. Isaiah 53 and five, that by your stripes, we are healed. And I send this word as it is my father and my God. I send this word to heal their disease. Psalm 107 verse 20, Psalm 107 verse 20, to heal their disease and deliver them from their despair. Do it for them. You get the glory. Put the devil to shame today. In Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Come on. Give God praise right where you are. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I see you still coming on. Red 63. Thank you so very, very much. Was that um, Simply Peak? I think I, I hope I said it right. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. V. Lewis 0019. I got you. I'm, I'm just saying it all so I can make sure that I'm calling out the right one because some of you all have the same handles almost. <laughs> we thank God for every one of you and we're grateful for the privilege the ability to come back on again. Sharon Cross McGee, thank you for coming on, my longtime friend. We're praying for you, praying for you, praying for you Amen. at the passing of your mom. We're praying for you. Um, yeah, yeah we, we, we've loved your family forever and we're praying for you right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Roland Davenport, thank you, son. Good to see you on as well. We have been traversing, going through this teaching on process. And I'm telling you, every time I'm, I'm saying I'm going to just do a little bit on one particular character or trait as I'm going through the seven characters and characteristics, the Lord opens something else up yeah. and it won't let me run away. It won't let me get away. And so I've, I've decided that I'm just going to take my time and walk through each part of it and as long as the Lord has me on a part, um, I'm going to keep on bringing that. And I pray that it blesses you the way that it is blessing me. Mm -hmm. um, good to see you on here. The, the pastor, the preacher, one of the most stylish and anointed preachers I know, um, Antonio Matthews. Bless you, man. Amen. We love you, son. Love you so very, very much. Sharon Wallace, God bless you, daughter. I'm, 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 I'm still looking I'm still in 2 Kings chapter 5 because we have been using over the past, what, what has it been, Co-Pastor G's, four or five months now? Yeah, we true. have been using um, Naaman yeah. as our case study of what it is to go through process and the characters right. and characteristics of the individuals that you will either confront or have to be while you are going through process yes. or going with someone yes. through process, if you're yes. the one going through process and we all are going through process, yes. or if you are someone walking alongside someone who's going through process, yes. you're going to meet some seven characteristics yes. or characters that we have been discovering in the life of Naaman. Naaman was going through a process moving from being one that was a leper to being one that came out of leprosy. And God gave us him <clears throat> as the individual to use as the case study. Mm -hmm. And as I was reading on him, I found seven characters with different characteristics exactly. that um, he met along the way. Yes, right. Do you know, beloveds, the difficulties that many of us have while we are going through is that we never know how close we are to the end of the thing mm -hmm. because we don't know the stages of the process. Many people say I'm going through as if it's a bad thing, but to say I'm going through means that whatever you are dealing with had an entrance mm -hmm. and it will have an exit. Mm -hmm. You are never stuck. You may not know what stage you're in, but you can know that you are making progress if you know the stage of the process. Mm -hmm. Again, you can know that you're making progress if you know the stage of the process. My son, BJ, bless you, man. Love you. Mm -hmm. Proud of you. 
And so um, what we've been seeking to do, stephthebest.net.org.com, um, we have been trying to show you the stages that you will go through while you are moving from entrance <clears throat> to exit. If you can know the stage, you'll never get frustrated at the point that you are, hear this, or with the people who are the characters or the characteristics when you are at that stage, because that simply means that you are where you are, mm -hmm. but this is not the end of the journey. Okay. Come on, say, I'm, I'm, where I am, I'm where I am, but this is not the end this of the journey. The, the, the beauty of it is that you have the ability to say, I'm standing in my now, but I'm looking at my next. Mm -hmm. I'm standing in my now, my N-O-W, but I'm looking at my N-E-X-T. There is something more coming. And that's very valuable, right. very valid that you keep that mindset because the struggle is when you don't know um, how close you are to the end and you can't see where you started. That's what happened in Mark chapter number six, verse 47, Mark six, verse 47, mm -hmm. after Jesus, along with the disciples, had just finished feeding the multitude of the 5,000 men, not including women and children, right. Jesus sent the disciples to meet him at the other side. And he said, I will send the people away. But chapter six, verse 47 of Mark says that when they were in the middle of the, um, the sea, that's halfway from where they entered and halfway to where they were exiting, a great storm came upon them because the adversity always comes when you can't see where you began and can't see where you're going because the natural tendency of people is to go back to what is familiar rather than to go on to what is unknown. Uh -huh. So I've come on during this time that we are in this shutdown, lockdown, pandemic, social distancing, mask wearing, hand sanitizing, washing your hands, 20 seconds society, yes. to let you know that this is purely a process. Mm -hmm. And you can get so frustrated with where you are, get ready, until all you want to do is get back to normal, mm -hmm. go back to what's familiar, go back to what you've known, when God has already told you that there is another side to this, and it just might be for someone that's listening to me right now, your business will not go back to what it was because God has a plan for you to go on to something greater. Amen. That what you have known as your normal is not what God is doing any longer. Amen. It is transition because see process is necessary for progress. Process is necessary for progress. Amen. The only person who does not want to go through process is someone who is comfortable with not making progress. Mm -hmm. So we have covered in this second Kings chapter number five, we have covered so far four of the characters and the characteristics of those characters. I'm not gonna go back and reteach it. Please go back on my page and you can watch some of the previous teachings that were on there. And we have covered it because we, as we told you, Naaman was our case study. Yes. His problem was leprosy. Yes. Uh, you look at um, Leviticus chapter number 13 and chapter number 14, Leviticus chapter 13 and chapter 14, it tells you everything concerning leprosy. And so Naaman is in it. Right. But on his journey to get out of it, right. he runs into seven different characters right. or characteristics of individuals that are necessary for him to get to the end. Now, let me tell you about something I taught on one of our sessions that process is necessary. 
let me please share with you that everything that is necessary mm -hmm. does not necessarily feel good. <laughs> Everyone that is necessary yeah. is not necessarily nice. Uh-oh. Right, yeah. Right. You, you, you've got to run into the different characters mm -hmm. and characteristics because process does not just teach you about people. Right. Process teaches you about you. And most of us struggle with process not because of what the individuals that we run into do or are, but what it makes us have to grapple with about ourselves. We have learned that we're not as patient as we thought we were. We've learned that we were not as determined as we thought we were. Yes, We've right. learned that we are almost willing to keep whatever our struggle, issue, or problem is mm -hmm. as long as we don't have to deal with certain people. Oh, you've heard folks say, I work better by myself. Wow. I do better alone. Wow. I can't get along with people. See, that's an individual who will not make all of the progress because you can't go through life mm -hmm. without running into someone other than yourself. And if you've never had someone to smooth off the rough edges of what makes you you, you will never be the best version of yourself. Amen. So we see in 2 Kings chapter number five um, that um, if you start at verse number one, we hear in 2 Kings chapter five, there is the introduction of our main character, 2 Kings chapter five, verse one, Naaman That's right. and his issue, leprosy. That's right. But we see that he had gone out doing some raids of various areas. Right. In 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 2, mm -hmm. we run into the very first person that is on Naaman's journey to get out of his problem. Yeah. We run into the slave girl. That's right. The slave girl was brought over from his raid that he had done of Israel, right. but she was the first person and her characteristic trait is that she was what co-pastor she was submissive she submitted yeah. to Naaman and Naaman's wife right. I did an extreme probably three weeks on her alone what it meant for her to be submitted what her job duties were and yet in her situation she wanted better for her master than she had for herself for she was a slave. Right. And we said that when you're going through process, you need to have someone that wants something better for you than you even want for yourself. Someone that will submit, someone that does not have to win against you, someone that's not in competition with you, someone that does not have to have the last word, someone that's not going to argue with you right. while you're going through process right. because he got in touch with her in the infancy of his movement and whenever you're just starting anything you don't have everything in you that you want to have mm -hmm. so there is a learning process and you don't learn as quickly when you're having to deal with um, cantankerous, as the old folk would say, or people who are constantly fighting with you. So the first person we come in contact with is the slave girl, and she is submitted to name it. Mm -hmm. The second person we come in contact concerning her, because even though she was a slave, she gave advice that her master adhered to. Right. And we shared concerning her, don't ever get to the point where you think you are above listening to someone who is seemingly beneath you, right. who is seemingly younger than you, mm -hmm. who seemingly is not on the same level as you. But the second person that we come in contact with is that it says in verse number three of Second Kings, chapter number five, verse three, it says that the slave girl said to her mistress, right. Her mistress was the wife of Naaman. Right. See, sometimes you can't get directly to your boss 
That's why you have to be able to be friendly with the employees that work with you because they may have an inroad to get you to the individual you need to get to. Amen. You can't eliminate folk. You can't say, I don't need him or to hell with her. You don't know who God may use to give you that connection that you need. So the slave girl gave a word to the mistress, Naaman's wife. That's person number two. Right. And Naaman's wife had a character or a characteristic trait. And she was one that did what, co-pastor? She, she stayed with him. She stood by him. She slept with him. Yeah. She maintained her responsibility, all that she could do right. for one that was going through. You need people on level two when you're going through process that will do everything that they can do, right. even if they can't do what's going to get you out of what you're in. Right. I can't get you out of it, but I promise you, I'm going to walk with you through it. I'm Amen. going to stay with you. I'm, if I've got any good, I'm not going to hold it back from you. Whatever I have the ability to do, I'm going to do it. I, I, I know that you're early in this thing and you're struggling with some stuff, but... I'm going to stay. I'm going to hang in there. And so we see the mistress. The mistress takes information from someone that is working beneath her. What made her, I shared before, what made her have the ability to listen to and take insight from the slave girl is that the slave girl handled everything that was sensitive to her mistress. She handled the things when she was on her menstrual cycle. She bathed her. She washed under her arms. She washed her private parts. And at no time did she ever abuse her mistress to the degree uh -huh. that when she says, mistress, I want to say something, there had been a trust or a confidence built up where the mistress, the wife of Naaman, believed that the, the, the slave girl um, who would be likened to a daughter. So parents, don't just blow your children off just because you are over them or they are younger than you. They may have the ability to help you. And if they have shown that they can be trusted, Amen. then you go ahead and give them the opportunities. I see you, my, my grandson, Jeffrey. God bless you, man. Say hello to all of the family there in Indonesia. It is important that you, you understand that there are steps or levels. It says that he went from the slave girl, then the mistress, mm -hmm. which was his wife. And then we get to level number three. Right. And that is the king of Syria. Right. The king of Syria was Naaman's boss. Right. But what he did was he had an S that shows his characteristic. The slave girl showed submission. The wife showed standing and staying. Um, the king of Syria showed what co-pastor? He was supportive. He was the one that told Naaman, I'm going to send a letter with you. I'm going to send um, beasts that are loaded down with gold and silver and clothing and all of that kind of stuff so that when you are going to get your healing from the individual I'm sending you to, yeah. here it is, you won't go empty handed. Right. Don't ever think that you can ask for anything without there be a cost to it. I mean, everywhere you go, you have to pay a price somewhere. It's only when we come to God, the things of God, that we think that we shouldn't have to do nothing, you know. But he went loaded down going to see the man of God because the man of God had what he needed when he got there. But he had to go through the king of Israel to get it. Oh, right. my. He is now having to go through someone. I see you, Angel Philly. God bless you, precious. Um, I see. I, I, I'm telling you, when he got to level four, this was the hard part. And the reason why this was the hard part is because out of seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, four makes reference to the bridge or the halfway point between the first three and the final three characters or characteristics. And when you get to level four, 
that's when that can either be a bridge or a blockage towards your destiny because it's the middle point. And remember, I just spoke to you when we first started in Mark 6, verse 47, Mark 6, verse 47, that when you get to the halfway point, the middle, that's when you can either run into something, a storm, an attitude, a situation, a dilemma, mm -hmm. a mindset mm -hmm. that will make you want to go backwards instead of pressing on to go forward. Right. This pandemic, this shutdown, this lack of money, this not being able to go into a church building or facility building, this not being able to run to the mall like you want to, this not being able to go on vacation. I had plans to go to Tahiti. I had plans to go to Jamaica. I was on my way to Mardi Gras. I was planning on going and all of that shut down. And what that did was it made you either have to have a shift in your mindset. That's right or wind up going backwards instead of pressing forward. And that's why I'm always bothered when I keep hearing people say, I can't wait till we get back to normal. Who said that what was your norm? Do you know that over a hundred years ago when we had the huge pandemic, that many people aren't even alive now that went through that pandemic, what you're calling your normal was a new thing for those who made it through that pandemic over a hundred years ago. Yes. And so now here we are uh, and our hundred years later going through what others had gone through, listen, and we're not willing to press on. If they had gone backwards, we would have never gotten the, the advent or the invent of televisions and microwaves and all of the stuff that have become our everyday normal right. if they had gone backwards. So when God lets you hit a halfway point to push you, it's never going to be comfortable, but it's got to be a shift or a change in your mindset. That's why so many people like my daughter and so many in her age group and some that are younger are now becoming creatives. They're becoming ones that have their own businesses. They're becoming the entrepreneurs, the clothes designers. They're becoming all of that. Why? If everything had remained as it was, they would have never started their businesses. They would have never become the creatives, the bloggers, the vloggers. They would have never been the ones that turned um, Instagram and YouTube and Facebook into lucrative money-making entities. Yeah. They, they hit something at the halfway mark and they decided rather than to go backwards, we're going to find out what's on the other side. That's what the disciples did in Mark 6, verse 47. It says that when they ran into the storm, that they toiled in rowing. They kept rowing, but they struggled. What they did not do was go backwards. And as a result of not going back, the Bible says Jesus came walking on the water in their direction gave Peter the opportunity to do what he was doing, which was walking on the water. And you know what? When you all read the story, all everybody always talks about, yeah, Peter was doing okay till he started looking at the wind and looking at everything that was blowing around him. Yeah, but give Peter credit because he got out the boat. Give him credit because he did not have a boat mentality, did not hang around with people who would complain while they're in the boat. He did what they did not do. He got out of the boat. He walked on the water. And even when he sank, understand this, he knew who to call. He called on Jesus. He never called to anybody back in the boat because none of them could come and help him because he was further out than they were. And listen. As you start going through this process, you're going to get to a stage where there are some people that you came to a level with, but aren't willing to go with them the next level. They're stuck where they are. Yeah. You're going to have to be willing to be some water walking, get out the boat mentality individuals. Yeah. And sometimes that means that you will have to do it alone. But here's the other part of it. Even when Jesus reprimanded Peter, don't miss this, he reprimanded Peter while Peter was standing on the water. 
You understand? See, everybody say, yeah, he got fussed at by Jesus. Yes, but he got fussed at doing what the ones in the boat had not done. And then they walked back to the boat. And the Bible says that when they received him in it, read John's account of this as well. It says when they got into the boat, they were immediately at the other side. Why am I saying that? It is when you get to that midway point, as it was with the king of Israel. Yeah. The king of Israel, he had a characteristic, a character trait that either you have, if you are walking with one, someone through process, or you're going to run into if you're going through process. And that is that he was what, co-pastor? Yeah. He has security issues. He has security issues. He had low self-esteem. Right. He had self-worth issues. And he made it seem like everything had to be about him. Yes, yes. He was in the position of the king, but didn't want to have to deal with the responsibility that came with being in that position. Mm -hmm. And you'll see that when you're looking at the story, he got so upset until when you get to 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 7, 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 7, it says concerning him that he started saying, am I a God? Right, right. Why did this king of, of Syria send this man over here to me? Right. Does he think that I can heal him? I don't have that kind of power. Exactly, exactly. He says, I don't have that kind of authority. He's trying to start a fight with me. Right. And what he was saying got all the way out in the street because the prophet Elisha heard about it and he was in the street, which means that when this king started venting, started ranting, started having nervous tension and emotional breakdown, he did not have confidants that he could really speak with that would keep his secret. Mm -hmm. You need somebody or you need to be the somebody yes. that when going through process, you have someone that you can say what you're feeling and know that it won't get out. Exactly. There are some people that are only in your ear, in your corner, so they can learn your weakness and tell it to your enemy. That's what Judas was. Judas was one of the disciples in number, but not one of the disciples in nature. I'm going to say it again. Judas was one of the disciples in number, but not one of the disciples in nature. Yeah. He knew where Jesus would be. Read it in Matthew chapter number 26. Matthew chapter 26. He knew where Jesus would be when he was one that was feeling vulnerable. He knew where Jesus would be when he was in the garden. He knew where he would be when he would be crying and praying and laying out on his face. And he told Jesus's secret place to Jesus's biggest enemy. And that's why they knew where to find him, to take him to be crucified. There are some people that want to say, tell me what you're struggling with. Is it, is it, is it drugs? Is it alcohol? Is it men? Is it women? Come on, you, you can talk to me but they only want to know that you have a struggle so that when they're, listen at this, so that when they want an upper hand, they can throw your struggle back in your face. Why? Because I've learned growing up in a domestically violent home, I have learned that the best defense is a good offense. Amen. That when you put someone when you are on the attack and make somebody have to defend everything that you are saying, that makes you unable to see what they are doing. Did, let me try it again. When someone is attacking you and you're trying to defend what they are saying, that means that you are not seeing what they are actually doing. And so they hide under the disguise of them being better than you. Why? Because they're not struggling with what you're struggling with. And yeah. there are those that are listening to me, those that are watching me right now, and you have either had that done to you or you have done that. Rather than to take responsibility for what you have done, you got on the attack to try to make somebody else have to defend. Where were I don't know where I was. What did you do? I, I don't know what I was doing. And they've got you on the defense so that you don't keep seeing their offense. Oh, right. I'm helping somebody. I just pulled somebody off of the couch. I've just now gotten somebody delivered right now. I've just now done what your shrink couldn't get figured out in you. I'm trying my best. My 
sister, um, Pastor Cynthia Maddox. I'm doing my best with this. So it is important that when you get to this level, this level four individual, they can either be a bridge or they can be a blockage. Yes. But what that level four person does is it teaches you something about you. Because the level one person that Naaman had on his side was supportive. Right. The level two person that Naaman had on his side was supportive. Yes. The level three person that Naaman had on his side was supportive. When he got to that level four person, wasn't no support there. Yeah. And you have to run into people at certain levels to make you see, do you still want what you want even if you have no support. Wow. I see one of the greatest saxophonists over in Nigeria, BJ Sax. Love you, man. I appreciate you coming on. It is important that you develop something in yourself, yes. that you have a mindset that you'll say, just like the old saints used to say, if no one joins me, still I will follow. No right. turning back. No. no turning back. So this level four person, <clears throat> This king of Israel right. is dangerous. Yeah. And the reason why he's dangerous is because <clears throat> his emotional instability can start a war. Exactly. He says, this man and sent this man over here to me, verse number seven. He, he's acting like I'm God. Does he want to start a war with me? See, when you are emotionally unstable, please hear me when I tell you this, you will tear up the very place where you are. Amen. There are husbands, there are wives, there are bosses who have flat out torn up, made toxic the atmosphere of their homes, the atmosphere of their marriage, the atmosphere of where they work simply because they have emotional instabilities. The Bible says in Proverbs that a, a constantly um, prating woman is like a dripping of water and a leaking roof. It is just a, a, a woman that is one that is always nitpicking, Finding fault is like a dripping water in a roof. It starts out small, but it gets big. When you start seeing instability in relationships, in the person that is a king, a person that is unstable mentally, most come on, we don't have to go far. I'm right here in America. I know some of you all are in Indonesia and Nigeria, but when you've got a leader over everybody who is emotionally unstable, who makes knee-jerk decisions, it affects an entire nation. Yeah. It brings about a pandemic that shuts everything down because when a person is in that position, you can never ever let it be about you. Right. Parents, it can't be about you. It's got to be about the decision of the house. Husband, it can't just be about you because there is a what I'll never forget. I, my, my wife and my daughter are sitting in here with me right now. I'll never forget when, um, about 38 years ago, I got injured on my job and they declared me permanently disabled. Told me I would never pick my children up, I would never be on an airplane, I would never ride on an escalator, I would never play basketball with my sons, I would never be able to dance with my daughters. They declared me permanently disabled. And they wanted to give me um, the, the, the handicap tag, the handicap tickets, everything that would say that I was accepting being handicapped. And I had gotten a good lawyer because the place where I got injured that had me with a herniated disc between the fourth and fifth vertebrae, and they wanted to put a steel rod in my back and said that I would never be a whole man after that. Told me that we hope that you've had all of your children. I remember this was 38 years ago. Hope you've got all of your children because this is going to affect you sexually. It's going to affect everything concerning you. And yet when I was getting ready to go and sue the, um, the entity, um, the Lord came to me and he asked me, he said, do you believe that I have, H-A-V-E, healed you? And I said, Lord, I know that you are able. He says, that what, that's not what I've asked you. Do you believe that I have healed you? I said, God, I know you are a healer. He said, that's not what I ask you. And so he says, do you believe that I have healed you. When he asked me the third time, I felt that Peter thing coming, you know, lovest thou me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know, I love him, feed my lambs. Lovest thou me more than these? Lord, you know, I love. See, whenever God starts asking you something in triplet, that means that he's trying to get to the core of something. So by the time he asked me the third time, and he, he said, um, do you believe that I have healed you? And I said, yes, Lord, you have healed me. He said, then you cannot sue. 
I said, what do you mean I can't sue? He says, you cannot sue. I said, what do you mean I cannot sue? He said, you cannot sue. I said, what do you mean I cannot sue? He said, a healed, H-E-A-L-E-D man cannot take an injured man's money. And here's what I said to him. I said, I've got five sets of eyes looking at me. A set of eyes from my wife, a set of eyes from my oldest son, my youngest son, and my twin daughters. Five sets of eyes. So the decision that I am now having to make cannot just be about me because there are other people that are infected and affected by the decisions that I make as the priest of my home. When you are the individual in charge, you don't get the license to Kirk out. You don't get the ability to have a hissy fit. You can't go and cuss the boss out. You can't go off the deep end. That's why some who want to be in authority can't be an authority even though they're in the position because they are not mentally mm -hmm. and emotionally stable enough to do it. Come on, single mama, you can't just do what you want if you are the only one that is the parent of the children. Come on, you can't do it, single individual. You can't just wild out when you're the one that's got to work and pay the bills. You can't just waste your money doing what you want to do. Somebody that's living with someone or has someone helping them pay their bills has a liberty that you don't have, even though you both may be single. If you're single but in your own spot and somebody else is single but living with their folks, that's not the same level. The one that has got their own has to have a different level of maturity because all they got to depend on is themselves. When you are the one in charge, it is no longer you having the license to, you can't be having an off day emotionally. And even if you are having it, the world can't know it. You don't get the liberty of just being whatever and thinking that it's not going to have repercussions. So this fourth stage is a dangerous one because up until that time, you never even heard Naaman's voice. He agreed with everything that was being done. But after you get to stage four, by the time you get to Stage number five, you start hearing Naaman from that point on. Yes. Why? Because how someone acts impacts how you act. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Now, if you run into someone who's off, that sends you off. If you run into someone who's good, that keeps you good. You run through someone that's kind, then you'll be kind. Why? Because reciprocity teaches us that we reap what we sow. It teaches us that what goes around comes around. Galatians chapter six, verse seven. Galatians chapter six, verse seven. But so whatever we're, karma teaches us that if you throw, if you live in a glass house, you can't throw stones. Right. There are certain things that principles of life teach us. By the time we get to level five, and that's what I'm talking about today, right. what are the traits and the characteristics of a level five personality? What are the traits and the characteristics of a level five personality. That means what do I have to have as my personality if I'm the fifth level for someone and you don't know when someone's going to come by you. The Bible tells us in Psalm 37 verse 23, Psalm 37 verse 23, it says that the steps of a good man, a good woman are ordered by the Lord. Yes. What are steps? They are measured increments of movement that can show you how far you've come yes. or how far or how high you have gone. What does that mean, Psalm 37, 23? If I say the steps of a good man, of a good woman are ordered by the Lord. That means, thank you so much, Wayne Stevens. It means that there are levels to this. Yes. That means that everything is not on a level playing, um, playing field. It means that there are levels to this. If you don't believe it, the Bible says this, and Isaiah 28, verse 10, Isaiah 28, verse 10, mm -hmm. it says, but precept must be upon precept. Yes. 
precept upon precept, yes. line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Right. Now, I know that you all are saying, he was repeating himself. No, look at how it reads. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, exactly. here a little, there a little. Exactly. Notice that it said precept upon precept, one time, precept upon precept, two times, right. line upon line, one time, line upon line, two times. And it said, here a little, there a little. Precepts are going to take twice as much. Uh, line upon line is going to take twice as much for you to make a little progress here and a little progress there. Uh, <laughs> You're going to have to do some stuff twice as much. That's why you've got to have principles. Oh. If you don't have principles, you're going to have to keep being reminded to do what you should have already known to do. Precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Here a little, there a little was only said one time. Here a little was said one time. There a little was said one time, but precept upon precept, Precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, because it takes more to develop principles. Yeah. It takes more yeah. to establish something where you say, I won't do this. I can't be tempted with that. I will not ever fall into this. You can trust me with this. You can trust me with that. That does not come just because you're in position. It does not come just because you are who you are. It comes, watch this over time having opportunities to do something different you don't know what you'll do until you're put in the positions where you have the ability and the need or the greed or the horniness or the urge or the pull of your addiction to make you do something different right. it is only when need and opportunity come together that you will then show whether you really have what you claim you have. Yeah. And most of us don't know what, what, listen, faith untried is not faith. Right, 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 right. Faith untried is not faith. Right. You don't know what you truly believe until you have to believe what you thought you knew. Right, right, right. You don't know what you truly believe until you have to believe what you thought you knew. Mm -hmm. Whenever I would teach the men in our men's ministry class, I would always tell them, I said, if you were riding behind a Brinks armored truck and the back door opened up and some bags of money fell out and um, the truck just kept on going, would you pick up the bags and turn it in? And each of them started saying, man, Pastor, that's a hard one right there. That's a hard one right there. Not if you have principles. Not if you're someone that already has established various things before the situation comes. See, you never know what you're going to do until the situation presents itself. That shouldn't be a hard thing if you are a person of principle. We saw not too long ago, um, uh, maybe last year sometime, that a truck did come open and money was everywhere. And people were stopping on the um, expressway, pulling their cars on the side, picking up money, and then jumping back inside their cars and pulling off. It is important that you understand that there are certain things about you that um, situations in life will come up so that you can learn the you that you thought you knew. Right. Because there's some things that you have done that you said would surprise your mama if she ever found out, would surprise your father if they ever found out, would surprise your husband if he ever found out, would surprise your wife if she ever found out. But there's some stuff that you have done that have shocked you. I think I would ever be involved with somebody that was already somebody else's. I think I would ever sleep with someone that looked just like me. I think I would ever 
Live, listen, there's a lot of things that you didn't think you would ever do because need and opportunity had never met and kissed each other. Yes, when right. need and opportunity meet each other, you'll find yourself not just shocking your mother, your father, your husband, your wife, your son, your daughter, you'll find yourself doing stuff that shocked you. And I'm talking to someone right now and you're beating yourself up because you're in the place that you are. You've been trying to blame everybody else for all these years. But the truth of the matter is you're where you are because you didn't know you as well as you thought you knew you. And you are now living a life of regret. You're living a life of disappointment. You're living a life of humiliation. You're thinking, I can't go back and say this. I can't go back and do that. But can I please tell you that there is a man in the middle whose name is Jesus? Yeah. who allows you to have the ability to come back to him, to make a U-turn and to get it right. And he will completely erase everything that you've done. Watch this. And then give you the grace to deal with the people who won't let you forget. You didn't hear what I said. He will erase what you have done and then give you the grace to deal with the people who won't let you forget. I'm going to say it one more time. He will forgive you of everything that you've done and then give you the grace to deal with the people who won't let you forget. Because even though God forgives you and he wipes it away, there are people who were waiting to find out something on you. And every time yes. you even look like you're going in that area or you have a slip up, they're going to see, see, you always, and they throw the always on you. But then when it comes their time, they say, you still bringing that up? I thought you would have gotten over that by now. They want to have a double standard where they hold everything against you, but want you to give them grace when it's them. But reciprocity says you reap what you sow. And the same way you're holding something over somebody else's head, God is holding stuff over your head. I can't believe that. Sure you do. Here it is right here. Um, Matthew chapter number six. Um, and here's the prayer that the Lord gave us. Verse number 10, Matthew 6, verse 10. Our father yes. who art in heaven, yes. hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Here it is. And forgive me my debt yes. as I forgive those yes. who have debts that they owe me. Right. In other words, God Deal with my sin, my failures, my backslidings, my mistakes, the same way that I gave grace to somebody else, which means that if you buried the hatchet, but got the handle hanging up, then God says, I buried the hatchet, but I've got the handle hanging up. Yeah. I am treating you the exact same way that you are treating someone else, because that's what reciprocity teaches. Okay, so here we are. We're at level five. Are we at level five? Level five. I've got a couple of minutes to give you a couple of things that deal with what an individual that is on the level five must have as their characteristic. This individual is Elisha. Right. Elisha now comes to a point where he says in verse number eight, when he hears that the king of Israel has torn his clothes yes. because he shouldn't have heard that if the king of Israel had confidants that could keep his secrets because right. Elisha wasn't in the palace. It says, when he heard that, he said, why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So let me give you this. Let me hunt these things off real quick and I'll open up later. Elisha represents another S. Did I give you all that S last time? Yes, stability. It, stability. He represents stability. Yes. Because see, while the king is having a hissy fit and while Naaman is wondering what's going on here, Elisha comes in and says, hey, 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 king, look. Stop ripping your clothes, man. Right, right. You're not a beggar. You're, you're not a street person. You are in authority. Anybody in authority needs to have somebody around them that will tell them and that they will listen to, to say, you're acting a fool. Right. You're about to ruin your marriage. Right. You're about to blow it on your job. You need someone in your life that comes with stability because instability, I gave you the last time, is serenity. There is serenity. Yes. He says, he says, he says, listen, listen, um, why are you tearing your clothes? Right, right. right. It, it, it's not going to take all of that. See, right. The only reason why you're acting like that is because you don't know what you have. Right, right. I, I'm a prophet here in your very kingdom. I've got the answer. You don't know what you've got to work with, so you're taking everything on yourself. 
And there are a lot of people that the reason why you are overwhelmed, yeah. you are burdened, yeah. you can't sleep is because you've not learned how to delegate. There is something in you that makes everything about you. Listen, you have a need to be needed. You don't trust anybody because according to Titus chapter one, verse 15, Titus one, verse 15, to the one that is pure, all things are pure to the one that is doubtful and unbelieving, then that's the way they see everything else. And when you are one who does not trust anyone, then you think that there's no one that can be trusted. And so he is now one where he has taken everything on himself and Elisha saying, you don't have to do that. Here is some serenity. Stop tearing your clothes. Right. Don't, don't do that. The second thing that um, uh, he shows under stability is serenity, but also under stability, Elisha represents a Shit. solution. Uh, Let me give that solution part yeah. in it first. It represents a solution yeah. because in giving a solution, right. he shifts the atmosphere uh, that is happening in the palace. Uh, What's the solution? The solution is this. Let him come to me. I'm shifting everything. King, I'm taking this out of your hands. King, this ain't your problem. Look, y'all, there is always somebody that's around you that has an easier way of doing what you are. I, I, you know, um, uh, um, some years ago, uh, my wife comes from a family where her brothers worked with their hands and did all that kind of stuff and things of that nature. And um, that's how, that's what they came up with. And so, you know, um, I'm not that guy. Um, I'm the guy that's going to make the money to pay somebody to work with their hands. And I told her one time, I said, listen, if you want the guy that's going to go out there and crawl underneath the car and change the oil and do all of that, I'm not that guy. Because if I do that, then there's somebody trying to put their kids through college that's not going to make the money that they need. So I believe that there is a need for every person operating in their gift, because when you get out of your lane into somebody else's lane, you put pressure on yourself yes. that's really not even yours. Yes. You've got to allow each person to do what they are gifted to do. And it takes nothing from you. Yes. It takes nothing from your IS-NESS. IS dash N E S S. That's a word I created. It's called isness. It takes nothing away from who you is to allow somebody else to be who they are. It takes nothing away from your ability to say that that's not my strong suit. That's not what I do. You don't have to be the eternal answer. Only God is omnipotent, all power. Yes. Only God is omniscient, all knowing. Yes. Only God is that. You don't have to be that. You, you can trust. You can open up. Somebody else can do something. Right. So under Elisha, there is serenity. Yep. There is a solution which brings about a shift, but then there's also sensibility, ah. sensibility, ah. sensibility. In other words, we don't have to handle that like this. We can do something sensibly. Ah. It doesn't have to be this way. There is a sereneness or a serenity. There is a solution and there is sensibility. Oh. I didn't get to the characteristic traits. I told you what he represents. By Wednesday, I'm going to come back and give you what are the characteristic traits from this very passage of scripture. So let me give you these very quickly. Under serenity, I'm giving you all Numbers chapter 13, verse 33. Numbers chapter 13, verse 33. Under solution, there is Matthew chapter number 6, verse 25 through 34. Matthew 6, verse 25 through 34. There's also um, under sensibility, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. That's when you, when you say, well, what are those scriptures? Numbers chapter 13, verse 33 says that we were in our own eyes as grasshoppers. Mm -hmm. And so we were in their eyes also. How you view you is how others will view you. Right. In that Matthew 6, verse 25 through 34, you're going to see that Jesus takes situations out of the hands of other people. Mm -hmm. And he winds up saying, I can handle the problem. Just give it to me. Right. 
But then thirdly, you see under sensibility in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, the reason why the king was taking it all on himself was because he didn't know who he had. Mm -hmm. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 says, I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him until that day. So the question is, have you put everything in the Lord's hands? Yes. If you put it in his hands, then you'll start seeing. Someone sent me something the other day. It says, whenever you put everything in the Lord's hands, you'll start seeing the Lord's hands in everything. Uh -huh. The reason why you're struggling with some of the stuff you're struggling with is because you've not committed it to the Lord. When I come back next time, I'm going to talk to you about the character traits of what it is to um, be a fifth level individual or personality. And then you can decide right. if you are that person or if you have those people in your life. Listen, I'm talking to you right now. I'm talking to you right now. And maybe you're dealing with a problem, dealing with a situation. And you're saying, I'm, I've done everything I know how to do. I'll never forget, I was talking with a preacher some years ago, maybe about four or five years ago. I was talking with this preacher and um, I was telling him some things to do. And he said, but pastor, I've done everything I know to do. I said, yeah, but here's what I'm telling you to try right now. And he heard what I said. And then he said, but pastor, I've done everything I know how to do. I said, okay, but here's what I'm asking you to try right now. He said, but I've done everything I know how to do. I said, son, listen, if you've done everything you know how to do and all this gotten you as to where you are, I'm asking you to try something different because to continue, they tell us this in the 12-step program, to continue to do the same thing and expect different results is called insanity. Exactly. So if you want something different, you've got to do something different. And I coined a phrase maybe about three years ago, four years ago in our ministry. And I said this, change is not change right. until you change. Exactly. I'm starting with the man and the mirror. Look, until you make a change, then you'll not see anything around you change. Exactly. Everybody's not going to change to accommodate you. So you have to be able to adjust your thinking, adjust everything so that you can be able to shift the atmosphere. And I'm gonna show that to you when we come together next time. Listen, if you're listening to me right now and you're saying, Brother Sturdivant, I've never given my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't even believe in Jesus yet, but there's something I'm saying to you right now that's captivated your attention. There's something that I'm saying, and I'm telling you that what I'm saying is coming because of my walk with Jesus and you're hearing it now coming to you through someone who is human. And the struggle we've had with Jesus is that we've always heard people who claim to represent him not do a good job of representing him, so we discounted him. You know? So what I'm doing is I'm coming in my own feeble way, trying to represent him in a good way so that you'll love him like I love him. And I wanna give you an opportunity to give your life to him. It's not that difficult. All you have to do is pray a very simple prayer. It's not about, I'll get myself together, then I'll come to him. After I get rid of this habit, then I'll come. No, 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 no. It's none of those things. It's just as I am without one plea, except his blood was shed for me and that he bids me come to the O Lamb of God, I come. So here's, here's what I do. You pray this prayer very simply. Say, Lord Jesus, here I am. Here I am. I surrender. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of accusing. I'm tired of blaming. It's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. So here I am. I surrender. Come into my heart. Take control of my life. For the rest of my days, they'll be the best of my days because I'll live them for you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Saving me. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that very simple prayer right now, in spite of everything your past may have been, in spite of everything that everybody is saying about you, you are now a child of the king. You may look the same. You got the same pajamas on, got the same clothes on, look the same, haven't shaved, haven't brushed your teeth this morning, all that stuff. But you're a child of the king. Amen. Haven't washed your face, got sleep in your eyes, haven't put your wig on, none of that. But you're a child of the king. Because yeah. it's not about all of the external stuff that people have tried to make you do by way of their robes, their rings, their regalia, all of their um, um, rituals and religion. It is by virtue of making a decision for the Lord Jesus Christ and the change takes place 
on the inside. And so if you've made that decision, I want you to go to our website, www.fummd.com and go there and where it says connect with us. I want you to just fill out that form and say, Brother Sturdivant, I connected with you and um, I'm a part of the family as well. And if you don't have a church home, maybe you, this is the first time you've heard someone like myself. Maybe you gave up on religion and church a long time ago, me too. But I have a relationship with God and I still enjoy fellowship. So if you need to be covered by someone, for someone to cover you, pray for you, I'd love to be that person. Fill out that form where it says connect with us. And I promise you, you'll be a part of what we're doing. I'll be covering you and praying for you. And you'll start seeing miracles happen in your life that you didn't pray for. And it'll be because somebody is praying for you and that someone will be me. Now, finally, I want to say to you that if you are a member of a church, be faithful to that ministry. Please don't let your pastor, your man of God, your woman of God, your bishop, your apostle, whatever the title is of the one that's over you, don't let them have to wonder, are you still a part of the ministry? Be committed to that ministry, even if it's online, be committed to that ministry. How do you be committed even when it's online? It's by being faithful in your watching of the weekly services that your ministry does and by way of giving of your tithe and your offering. The tithe belongs to your house, your house of God. If you don't have a place of fellowship and you're saying, Brother Sturdivant, I wanna be a tither, feel free to tithe into this ministry until the Lord shows you a place, or you can be an online member of this ministry. And when you pay your tithe here, you can do that by way of going on our cash app, and that would be the dollar sign, the words, Faith United, 7905. Once again, that's cash app, dollar sign, Faith United 7905. And you can give your tithe and your offering there. Or you can go on that same website, www.fumd.com, and you can go on Givelify. It's a secured line. You can give your offering there. If you'd like to be a blessing to my wife, um, and as you hear her supportive, we are partners in this ministry. I'm just the one that's teaching this class. Um, you can do that by going on Cash App and hers is the dollar sign and her name, P-A-M-E-L-A. And then the last name, Sturdivant, Pamela Sturdivant. And you can give to her there, or you can go on our website and just on that same Givelify, but hashtag co, C-O, hashtag co. CEO, and that will go directly to her. And if what I've been doing has been a blessing to you, the Bible teaches us that if we have taught you the spiritual things, then it's nothing difficult for you to release natural things. It's what you choose to do. If you wish to sow into my life, you can go on my cash app, which is the dollar sign, capital D, lowercase r, capital J, capital E, capital S. That's Dr. J E S. Mm -hmm. Capital D, lowercase r, capital J, capital E, capital S, or you can go on that same website where it was the Givelify and just hashtag it pastor, whatever you want to give. I love you. I appreciate you. I give before God to get this teaching, which is why I never really get a chance to get through it because my mother taught me years ago that whenever you are reading the Bible, every word is giving birth while you are reading it. And so I'm so pregnant to once I get started, I've got so much I wanna get out and I don't have enough time to do it. So I've never run out of word, I simply run out of time. So until Wednesday at seven o'clock, Wednesday at seven o'clock PM Eastern Standard Time, I want you to please join us then so we can hear some more about the characteristics or the traits of being a fifth level person. We're coming to seven. Yes. Five is very critical yes. because it's the turning point from what you just came through at the halfway point. Amen. Until then, God bless you. I love you. Don't abort the process. Amen. Process is necessary. Go through it to get out of it. Amen. Until Wednesday, be blessed. Amen. Thank you.